This is Abnormal Entertainment. Daniel Garja, and this is another episode of Put It Together Conversations. It is Saturday, January 2nd. Happy New Year if you're just joining us for the first time on the shows. Uh, this is the first show of the New Year, and I'm so excited uh, as we speak. Usually, I mean, as I usually do, I'm trying to put the show out into the different forms, uh, the other pages. So whatever it is that you're watching on, remember, you can join the conversation so make sure that you are part of it. Go into the conversation. Remember, it's got to be in the uh, the black part of the of the thread. If it's not in there, then I can't see you. Uh, happy New Year, everybody! I'm trying to get myself together. It's you know, after all these years, I still don't have like the right way to do this. And you guys always catch me. But by the time it goes to YouTube, it looks all nice and clean. So. Make sure you go check us out on YouTube, where you can find all of the other uh, episodes of Put Together Conversations. Uh, so thank you for joining us. My first guest this year, uh, I am excited. First of all, I'm excited because I've been a fan of his work for a long time. And second, because he's such a nice guy. I've, I've seen him speak. I've seen his work. And um, to be the first guest of the year is kind of cool. Uh, let me, because I just had your... Hi, Bruce. Welcome to the show. Do you think how unprepared I am today? How are you doing? Good. How are you doing, Daniel? And I don't know where my voice just went there, but... <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Daniel. Thank you. Thank you. I'm a fan of yours. That's why I was so excited to come on, because I've heard you speak. And, and when you asked me, I was like, oh, absolutely. I, 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 I'm excited. I want to have a nice chat with you. Thank it's you. Uh, I, it, it's, it's, it blew my mind when you emailed me that. And I was like, oh, my God, because... Um, uh, first of all, just to let everybody know, um, uh, Bruce is uh, the founding and executive director of Prevention Access Campaign, which launched the You Equals You, the Undetectable Equals Untransmittable campaign. And uh, that is the T-shirt. Let me move the microphone. That is the T-shirt I'm wearing today. Uh, I was able to find it. Yes, Bruce has one. Um, I, I was able to find it in my closet. I don't remember. So whomever you were that sent it to me or, or made it available to me, Thank you, because uh, it was a sign that I was supposed to have you on my show. Uh, so I'm excited. Uh, how are you 
doing? How how was the New Year's holidays? Oh, it was I, I it was actually maybe top five I've ever had because I was with my my family and um, you know usually I'm like. Actually, a lot of times I go to bed before 10 o'clock. I don't want to deal with it, but um, was with my sister, my brother-in-law and my nephew and Zoomed with other members of the family. And it was just really special and um, a lot of fun. We did like virtual reality games and we just were really, it's just fun. And then the next day I joined the polar bear club. So I, uh, I went into the uh, water, into a, a lake in Massachusetts and froze my ass off, but it was really it was coarse. It was invigorating. I mean, when, of course it was invigorating. And it, it, yeah. And, uh, and actually I went, turned around and went right back in too. And then I got out and I felt like my toes were falling off and my fingers. <laughs> but, it was, um, but it was, yeah, it was really great. You know, it was really surprisingly, um, wonderful. How was yours? Uh, you know, uh, Christmas was cool. Um, we usually go to Texas for the holiday. And well, this year we didn't go, and so it was kind of like, eh, like it, I, I missed the Texas Latino flavor. And if my nephew's watching this, I missed your carne asada. That that was definitely there. Uh, but my birthday was December twenty sixth, so I always look forward to Christmas because my birthday is right after. Happy birthday! But does that mean that people can buy in your presents, or do you? you no, know, like in the not anymore. No, that is that is not allowed. Uh, they used to, when I was a kid, they used to, uh, especially because I had a nephew when I was four, my nephew was born and he's December 24th. So for a long time, it was a combined birthday, Christmas, birthday, all in one. But now that I'm older, I tell my friends, I, I, no, I want a birthday present. So no, this is good. Not a <laughs> and, uh, and I turned 50 this year. So I'm, I'm like really excited. Wow, you look yeah. so young. That's really great. Would yeah. you must have good like moisturizer or something. Also, I, I just can I jump back on what I said earlier. I want this is a learning opportunity. I just learned just maybe a month ago that that gypsy is a really stigmatizing phrase because it was it goes back to the word. Uh, I'm not um, gypped is is a stigmatizing word. It goes back to gypsy and it's sort of like um, talking about gypsies. I think it came from. Um, going it's stigmatizing towards jewish people i can't remember what ethnicity or um a background but i know we sh- don't say gypped anymore you know it's not a full word and and uh yeah i was very happy someone told me about that because I, I used to use it and i literally just used it on this show so to anybody that's out there i'm sorry and uh let's let's uh let's move forward and not use that word We'll have to talk about that more. We'll talk about that more during the the episode. First, before I do, um, I want to say hi. Charles Sanchez, who is a mutual friend, uh, just said, hey, boys, on the thread. So hi, Charles. Uh, I know. I saw that down there. Hi, Charles. How you doing? What's going on? Another great um, activist and uh, entertainment guy. So happy to hear to you, buddy. I I love him. I call call him one of my cousins because we're so... Connected. We have, um, we're very parallel in our, in our personal and professional lives. Yeah. Kind of cool. Um, so as usual, guys, like I, I like to share about how I know my guests. I know Bruce really. This is like really the first time we've actually had like a conversation conversation because I've known about him pretty much since my like this latter part of my advocacy life. Um, I started hearing about him when you, you started coming out. Um, followed him, 
we've been at some of the same conferences. We've been at some of the same uh, uh, places for conventions, wherever. Um, and then, but the last time I saw you was uh, in New York. I saw you at a wedding in New York and uh, I was with Christian and I, I was just telling him the story in the pre-production meeting. I was so intimidated. I was so like, <gasps> like uh, to me, you work, I mean, well, I guess because I work in advocacy a lot. To me, the, the advocacy people are my superheroes. I'm, uh, this is where I geek out. So I saw you at the wedding. I was like, oh my God, that's Bruce. That's Bruce. But I was like, and Christian was like, well, go talk. I'm like, you can't just go talk to Bruce. Like, I figured, like, I needed an appointment or something. And so I didn't talk to you, but yeah. I was the wedding. It's good you didn't. You're supposed to talk to my publicist first. <laughs> and then I look down the list of people who want to talk to me. And then, then I, you know, and then he'll reach out to you. And then organize a, a hello. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I figured I had to offer something in sacrifice to you before I was allowed to talk to you. Uh, I, I was humbly going to bring some tacos to you. Like, Senor. Oh, tacos. yes, tacos. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. Uh, but yeah. I want to hear your story. So before we get all cut up in the conversations, uh, Bruce, Bruce Richmond, I'm all nervous right now. Bruce Richmond, tell us uh, how you put it together. Okay, so well, I, I, in terms of like putting together, I'll talk about, um, I could say uh, the U equals U story. Yeah, there's the, the, right? Is that what you want? We could talk about like. Uh, we want to know you. Like, how, how did you come to be, like, Bruce is in my eyes and, and a lot of people's like, how did, you come, how did you become Bruce Richmond? Like, yeah. what was your journey like? Um, I mean, I think, very, you know, really, uh, when I was really little, my, my mother's a, a human rights activist. You know, she's a, a really you know, serious, very accomplished activist. And so I watched her from a very young age, you know, and I saw her passion and she was, she was always speaking out and organizing and in the media and going and traveling internationally and doing all this work. And, um, and so she was a role model for me, you know, and I think that, that I've always been driven by cause. Like you see a problem and it's a social problem and you want to do something about it. You know, it was never about, um, anything except for helping people and, and doing the right thing. And, and I've been really lucky that it's kind of worked out along the way that I've been able to, to get jobs and create jobs that were, were th- stuff that I loved and were changing, help, you know, helping, helping, you know, change lives, I think. And, um, and so for me, getting diagnosed with HIV in 2003 was a big turning point because it was sort of like a, a huge, you know, punch in the gut. And, uh, I'd actually been going through a depression before that, uh, an ex-boyfriend committed suicide. And so that led to a lot of sort of self-destructive thoughts and behavior. And, uh, you know, I was living in, in London and there was no support when I was diagnosed. There's just nobody to talk to. Um, uh, there was at, at the time now in, in London, there's tons of support services, but uh, and I, and I knew I would live, you know, I knew the treatment would make me feel alive. You know, I could, the advertisements were all like, you can climb mountains on X drug or whatever, you know, like you can live, but I didn't want to live. I was suicidal. I thought no one would love me because I was toxic and I didn't want to love anyone because I didn't want to pass on this deadly disease to someone that I loved. That was my mindset. You know, I felt infectious, which is a, a terrible word and a terrible feeling. And, and so I didn't take my, I didn't start medication and I didn't 
I just stayed away from people, you know, uh, from men that I, I thought that I might have relationships with and I really isolated myself. And then, um, I'll just tell you like the, 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 the stigma story. So then in, in, I like that was 2003. And then around 2009, I decided, okay, something shifted. Like I, I've got, I want to, I'm a relationship person. I want to be in relationship. It's been six years. I haven't been with anybody. And I started going out to, to date online, online, because I thought it would be easier to like find someone who was the right fit that would accept my HIV positive diagnosis. So the first person that I met up with, I met on connection. Do you remember that site? It was like, yeah. I don't think it's there anymore. Right? Yeah. No, 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 no. But to, and, uh, he was like, you know, really handsome and kind and just like, you know, everything I wanted. It seemed like at least on paper. And I, we went out to dinner. It was like a Chili's or something. And, and, um, I was, we were talking and I was like, okay, just tell him, just say, I just want to let you know that I'm HIV positive and da 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 da. And I was like, and U equals U wasn't around back then. And, and he just came out and he made it easy for me. He just came out and said, you know, I would never date anyone who's HIV positive. Would you? And, uh, my heart just sunk and my shoulders, I know he could see my shoulders just in my body, just go like this. And I was like, uh, I don't remember what I said. I think I said, Oh, I haven't really thought about that. So I, you know, ghosted him. Of course, the next one on connection as well, um, was a guy who was a former yoga teacher, open-minded, spiritual, adventurous. I'm scrolling down. I'm like, cause he messaged me, this guy, right? Scrolling down HIV negative only. And huh. next one, I'm not kidding. This was like four in a row. This was like, it was, a, I'm glad it happened because I know what rejection's like now. I know what serious stigma is like in feeling diseased, feeling like you're not, you're not worthy of love and that the gay community is going to continue to reject you, especially gay men, you know, that whatever. So, so this one, um, the next one was the head of an, uh, an LGBT organization and he, I still know him. He's friends with friends of mine, uh, head of a big organization, same thing, HIV negative only. He reached out to me and I didn't respond. The final draw was I did sort of date a little bit and then, but was, um, so I, I stopped. That was 2009. And then in uh, 2015, I was at a party and moved to New York. And there was another guy. It's so weird. Another yoga teacher, right, who was also a civil rights lawyer. And I was like, this is perfect. Like, he's he's passionate. He cares about the world, you know. Um, and we went on a date and we were at dinner. And I told him about it and it was 2015. So I had all the research on my phone. I was getting started, you know, getting ready to launch U equals U. And I'm so happy this happened because he, I told him and he said, Oh, I don't, wow. I, you know, that's, I didn't know that. Um, I don't, um, I haven't dated anyone who's HIV positive. And I said, I think you probably have if you're 35, you know, and, um, went back to his place and things happened and, 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 uh, he uh he was like scared he was like shaking right and i said what's wrong and is something wrong i can tell you're afraid he goes i just don't know what i can do and i can't do and i said to him look i really you're really nice guy i really would love this to work out i just can't teach you this and i don't want to give a science lesson before sex you know and i said this gives me more fuel 
to get this campaign going because I don't want more people to feel rejected, to feel like they have to explain that they're not dangerous. You know, I'm so tired of it. You know, I mean, I'm still doing it now. I'm still have to, to, to convince people that, you know, that the U equals U is true, but it's different. We have the world on our side. So that was really how it got there. And though, and I, I have to say, I'm so grateful for, to those guys, you know, and I, I actually, one of them, I want to mention that to him that, that gave me a really, that gave me the emotional drive. And, and then it was more talking to people and hearing their experiences that were far worse than mine, far worse. People to, to being told they couldn't have a baby, people having their tubes tied uh, without their consent, people who attempted to commit suicide because of their HIV status and, and being told they were infectious and millions of people still being told they're infectious when they're not. And, and so, that's how it all came to be. And then, then, then it was developing strategy and, 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 you know, um, and then the, the fun part of it is, is really, you know, um, uh, bringing people together, the coalition we built and, um, well, before we continue, let me remind everybody you are watching Put It Together Conversations. I'm your host, Daniel Gigaza. Today, our guest is, um, activist and founder of the U Equal U movement, uh, Mr. Bruce Richmond. Remember, if you want to join the conversation, all you have to do is just ask a question. Put it, make sure you go into the black background thread of the video so that I can catch your questions and share them with Bruce, and we'll answer them right here. Uh, it, it's it's really interesting how because I'm, I'm as you're speaking, I'm going back to when I was first diagnosed and how how that first person that you connect with, whether it's going to be for a relationship or just a hookup, how it really sets the foundation for where you're going to go and, and how you're going to take it on. Uh, I, I was very fortunate that uh, the very first guy that I met post-diagnosed was, had been a nurse. He wasn't a nurse anymore, but he had been a nurse. So when we got, when we met and like you, like the first time I was like, Whoa, before we, he was, he was bartending when we met and ended up going home with him. And before anything, I was like, look, I've, I've got to say this before we go even home together. And he was like, Oh, I was a nurse before. It's cool. I'll tell you what, to, what not to do. And I was like, what? Like you're going to, and at first I was like, how dare you tell me what? And then I was like, Oh my God, like this is really cool. Like it, he made it very easy, but not everybody has that transition. And yeah, there, after him, there were people I dated that just were not on board. Um, I'm going to the bathroom at dinner and never come back. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I had one of those. And uh, like you, we're he 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 remembered. And and years later, uh, when I was in, in Dallas for a com, I mean I was in Houston for a conference. He saw me out at, at a Starbucks and came up to me and apologized for what he had done. And oh. I and I was like in my in the back of my head, I was like, yeah, now that I'm being successful, you apologize, whatever. Uh, but. Um, what I see William. Been, Hi, huh? William. I see William on the screen down there. Yes, William, and then uh, uh, Drew Benson, who's a good friend of mine, and Butch McKay. Thank you for for joining. Oh, the conversation. nice. Oh, I see. And um, uh, so, so during the process of it all, um, things might have. I'm sure things got a little. Where you were questioning, maybe, is this something that I want to take on? Is there something? Is this something that I want to go forward with? Was it like that? And did you have a pep talk for yourself? Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I had, um, I had a good job, 
you know, not, not, this is amazing. This is my dream job now, but I had, I had a, I was making a living. Um, I was, you know, saving money and I was pretty comfortable with the work that I was doing. It was pretty, it was fun and it was meaningful. And I just had to do this. And I remember I talked to my mom again, it goes back to my mom where, um, I said, you know, I was driving up, I was living in Miami and was driving up to New York because I knew New York would really be a good place to, to do this. And I was like, should, should I really, can I really do this? You know, I don't have that much money to take this kind of a risk. And like, like I don't have, I didn't have any funding to start off. Um, and in 2015 and, and, um, and she said, you just, you have to do it. You know, don't, there's no choice. You have to do this. I, I know there's a passion in your heart. And then I, I just never even thought of anything else after I just committed to it, especially when the, the researchers worked with us, um, myself, Carrie foot put a lot into this, that we were worked on this consensus statement. And then I thought, my God, if these researchers can step out of their comfort zone, you know, researchers don't typically write a consensus statement on the whole body of evidence. They'll, they'll write about their own research, you know, but these researchers who who conducted the pivotal studies that prove U equals U came together and we drafted over a period of it was about six months, a statement to, to confirm it. And I thought, wow, this is big. You know, this is really big. This is what we need. The, the, the people with HIV around the world need it. It's this is going to be the holy grail. I can't stop. And my life is so meaningless compared to this. I'm, I'm a small part of what this is. I'm, this is bigger than me. So any of whatever I had to give up or go through, um, is so little compared to what we're doing, you know, and, and it's, it just, it, it, yeah, I was compelled. I was a crazy, crazy you equals you man. (laughs) Everything get in my way. (laughs) And I think that's one of the things that connects us all. And I used to be very about like, why don't more people want to collaborate? Why don't more people want to get together? But sometimes I think that you just kind of call me out on a positive side, but you just call me out. It's because we get on this track and, and you're just like, I, I, I have a, a destination to get to. And because it's bigger than you, it's like driving, it's like, right? Like, like being the conductor on a train. You got yeah. all these people that want to get somewhere. And you're driving and you just can't stop. You, you've got to keep going. Um, now there's a lot of people that watch my show, uh, because of the advocacy work that I've done over the years. Uh, and maybe this question will make sense to you. Um, actually, let me put it another way. Um, uh, a lot of people commend me or talk to me or say to me, like, Oh my God, I can't thank you for doing this. Thank you for, but I, I always sound like everybody can be an activist. Everybody can be an advocate. Um, what have been your roadblocks or challenges in, in being the spokesperson? And what have been some of your highlights for being a spokesperson? Um, I think part of the challenge of being a spokesperson for me was not wanting to make it about me. I mean, if you talk to our staff, we talked to a lot of people that have been with this from the beginning. I, I didn't want it to be about me. I told Oriol Guterres, who was the, the uh, editor in chief of Paz when he wanted to do the U equals U, I said, I'm not going to be on the cover of it. And when there was a photo of, um, you know, you can do it, we can do it with a group of people who are part of it. Um, and then the plus magazine, um, 
there was another, there was like a most amazing people kind of thing. And I remember Carrie Foote wrote it and I said, Carrie, put a group photo in there. You know, um, it didn't end up being a group photo, but it, there's a balance between people wanting to hear from the you equals you guy and wanting to hear the story from the beginning and wanting to hear how do you build a movement? How did this become a movement of in 102 countries, you know, of every person, every background, every background of person from H- with HIV, you, any are, are driving this around the world. How did that happen? So they want to know that. And I'm the person who was there from the beginning. There's that versus I want to promote other people. I want to build leadership and, and you know, among our, our staff and our ambassadors. Um, so there's that challenge between, between the two of, um, you know, and, and also just telling my personal story. I, this, what I told you earlier was only the second time I've even told that story oh, wow. you know, about the rejections on the date. Yeah. Because part of me is like, I'm on stage and I'm talking, mean, I've been speaking every all around the world, right. All these different environments. And every time that I'm there, and I'm up there and I don't think people want to hear my story. I don't think they want to know about me. They want to know about what you equals you is. But but public speaking, basic public speaking is bring yourself into it. You know, bring your story. It's always that sort of thing. So I'm going to I'm going to do that more. But it was a challenge. That was a challenge for me to to put myself out um, and start to realize that, you know, some people do want to talk to me. And also I got really beat up in the U S you know, <laughs> it's a tough yeah. environment, you know um, I don't know if you experienced it, but my self-esteem um, got, I, I, I allowed critics to, I listened to them too much. You know, I listened to, to, to people who weren't really even doing the work, you know, who didn't have any, um, there's no reason to, you know, I wasn't being selective in whose feedback that I would take in. I would take it all in. And then I try to understand it. Like, why would that person think you equals you is dangerous or something? Or why would that person, you know, not go and do a speech to 10,000, whatever, 5,000 people, whatever, some huge conference and talk about how bad stigma is and that we need to, we need to, you know, address stigma and then not mentioned the biggest tool we've ever had to demolish stigma. Right. I mean, I would be like, um, but then I also got, you know, there, you know, you also, whenever you put yourself out, you probably do too. You get, you'll get personal digs, you know, which were, were just like so unfair. People didn't know me and they would say things. So um, that was a challenge as well to being. So then I was like, that put me even more, wanting to be behind. And then you'd hear someone go like, but we want to hear, we want to hear from you. We want you to come to the speak at this thing. So it's, it's sort of a balance. And, and my self-esteem is not affected anymore by what anyone says on Twitter or behind my back or, you know, coming up to me and, and saying, I, I somehow offended someone. I it's, these are all learning experiences, you know? And I remember the first time I heard about it. And like many other HIV advocates, you know, we, we get the emails and, and, but all of a sudden it was like this, like everybody was talking about it. And obviously as an advocate, I was like, okay, I need to find out what this is. Um, I'll admit, and I've said it in other places, I'll admit that having been, uh, this is my 20th anniversary. September was my 20th anniversary being positive. And so I come from that school of like, be careful, don't do, don't, 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 
there was a lot of don'ts in, in, as far as sex was concerned. Um, so you, I, that was, it, it was very easy to, because of my upbringing. I always tell people, because of my upbringing, uh, culturally, religiously, the don'ts stick very easily in my head. I'm, it's very easy to tell me, don't do something. I'm like, okay, I won't do it. So when, when, when I was growing up uh, uh, HIV positive, during those times, it was like, don't do stuff, don't do stuff. All of a sudden, you come and tell me that the world is not flat. And, and, and I'm like, what? And, and I had some conversations and there are some people that I ended up not talking to anymore because there were debates. And uh, one of my big arguments was, you can't just throw this at everybody and expect everybody to just eat it up. Like, it's going to take some time. There's a lot of cultural, there's a lot of religious, there's a lot of social ways that that we're learning things, so just give it some time. Over time, I became a, a fan. I'm like, okay, I, I dig it now. Especially when I realized what a, a weight it lifted off of me. Um, and once I took the energy, and this is just for everybody who knows me, knows about my energy work. Um, once I took the energy away from the things that I that I thought I couldn't do, I was able to put that into the, all the things that I could do. And 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 that doorway was so much bigger, and and the garden was so much more beautiful. So for those of you who still don't know what you, because you, we're not going to get all into it right now, but I will put links and I will put interviews into the page so you can check it out because I want you to do the research for yourself and I want you to find out for yourself. Um, uh, and, and a reminder, this is, we're halfway through the show, just to remind everybody you're watching Put It Together Conversations. I'm Daniel G. Garza, your host, and my guest today is a uh, uh, friend and fellow activist and advocate, uh, Mr. Bruce Richmond. Um, what have you learned about yourself during this whole journey? Hmm. Um, gosh, I've learned. I've learned so much. I, I think. Um, I think I've learned. I, I need to listen more. You know. Um, I need to. And I need to have more patience. Um, to some degree, more patience. But also, this is an emergency. You know, with with stigma is an emergency. You know, people are dying from stigma, and and it's it, it, I don't have much patience for people who, after four and a half, almost five years of this campaign, haven't sat done anything to share it, and they have. A, so I have some degree of patience, like you're saying. Some people are going to come around later than others. Um, you know, as as people who are like you, is like are innovators. There there are innovators. There's early adopters. There's you know. Late, late majority, you're, you know, there's, there's different stages of people who come on board with new ideas or innovations. So I, I, I've learned about that. I've learned to be more patient with people at various stages. Um, and I've learned a lot of, a lot more about, about leadership, you know, um, and, and what, how to be a more effective leader, how to bring yourself into your leadership, how to be selectively vulnerable. You know, not always, um, and I'm talking within, you know, within your, 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 your teams, your, 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 your groups, your boards, your, you know, your, within your movement, how, how much of yourself do you bring? Um, and how much do you, how much do you, do you share? So I, yeah, I think I've, I've, uh, yeah, I think I've learned a lot. You know, I think I've, um, I think I also learned that I don't feel like there's a me. You know, <laughs> I don't feel like there's a there's really anything 
I just kind of respond to what needs to get done. You know, I know that I sounds that. weird, but yeah, it's just, yeah. this has to get done. I got to keep going. I'm just getting it done, you know, and, 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 and who is Bruce doesn't really matter that much. You know, it just doesn't, it doesn't matter that much. You know? Sorry, something just fell in my kitchen. We'll, we'll pick it up in a minute. Um, ghost. Uh, it, it, but that, that makes sense. It's, I think when we start being the face of something or the, rep, the, the representative for, there is this pedestal or that we don't even look for, but people, it just starts growing underneath us that all of a sudden you look around and you're like, oh crap, like I'm, okay, don't break down, don't break down, don't break down. And then you hold it on for so long that you're like, okay, I'm breaking down. It's going to happen. Uh, and then there will be those, the two sides of, of groups of people, like the people that support you being vulnerable and, and being human and the people that will critique you and, and break and break you down even more. Um, how has, because we talk a lot, we, we've mentioned stigma quite a bit today. Um, family has a, a lot for a lot of us, our family, you talk about your mom being like those initial supporters of saying, you know, you got to go for it. Just go for it. Um, does it ever, or has it ever like crossed your mind or have you stopped yourself from doing things? You're like, okay, it's not just about me. The ripple effect is going to get to my family at some point. I've got to watch what I do. Um, I don't think so. No, I don't, I don't think, I don't think my family, there's nothing that I would do that you mean that would, that would sort of hurt my family or put them. Yeah. Cause I, I know that there's an, I'll, I'll say, like, I know that there's sometimes probably you too. There's people that approach you like, Hey, we have this campaign. We want you to join. And then you look into it. You're like, oh, that's not something that like I'm comfortable with. And then there's stuff that I'm like, like I would really want to do it, but no, like I know my family would not. Oh, Oh, completely no. Never, never. Yeah, I've always done. It's always been. It's always been. I mean, I've, I haven't really had an opportunity to do something like that. That's that would ever. I haven't. I haven't had that. Like, it's never come across my yeah. my plate. Yeah. Um. Because yeah. there, and and I, and I wouldn't do anything that would ever, um, hurt them or come back endanger them in any way. And and you know, I mean, one thing that I'm doing is, you know, I'm very open about sex and my my talks and. You know, that's not, um, I don't think, you know, my job, I'm, we're, you know, we're in sexual health. And so we, we talk about a lot of stuff that's very, you know, families typically wouldn't talk about, you know. And so um, I think, you know, uh, you know, and on my like social media, like on my Instagram, I post, you know, pictures with my shirts off and things, you know, to kind of uh, sex more sexual kinds of pictures because that's that's that that needs to be my 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 brand i need i feel comfortable with it now too so i that's that's you know it's i don't think that's the most comfortable thing for my my family initially but now i think it it, it is because they they understand the importance of it um well in, in the name of, of most of us who, who follow you on instagram please continue to do the work you do <laughs> I, I, i'm just going to put it out there right uh, now Yes. <laughs> oh, D. Oh, Davida's oh. on there. Yeah, Davida yeah. and uh, my friend Roger, David Charles. Remember, folks, you're watching putting together conversations. I'm your host, Daniel G. Garza, with my uh, guest today, Bruce Richmond. If you have some questions, if those of you joining the conversation, 
you have a question that you'd like me to ask, join the conversation, put it in there and I will ask. Um, yeah, it's, I, I, I tell people still, like I'm, I'm, I'm a, I carry my Catholic guilt everywhere I go. And, uh, I think there's only a couple of shirtless pictures because of my ostomy work that I do sometimes. So I've done those for ostomy projects and to show my ostomy and, and, and show that. The, reduce the stigma and shame in it, but but then my, my I hear I hear the Catholic in me going no, <laughs> put your shirt back on, young man. <laughs> um, that internal voice, the critic inside. How you're you're starting to talk a little bit about like the professional side of Bruce Richmond and the personal side of Bruce. Do they ever argue? And how do along? How well do they get along? Well, I think right now my argument or my push and pull is, is the personal life. Like I do want more of a personal life now. <laughs> it's been five years since we started working on the consensus statement when things really got intense. And, um, you know, I had a boyfriend for a lot of, for three years of the campaign who really left because he was number two to the campaign. You know, the campaign was number one. And I used to say to him, this is bigger than me. It's bigger than us. And I have to, I have to keep focusing, you know, and he, he was an amazing guy and I, I chose the campaign. Um, and so now I want to, or I will figure out how to give everything that's needed and more to you equals you while also having more of a, more of time for self care, more time for, you know, for, relationships and um you know i've been seeing my family which has been wonderful um but to to really invest again in in, in friendships because i've been a very social person before this campaign i mean i still am i I meet i have friends all over now because of this some of my best friends are in other countries and now through you equals you but but that's that's the balance now is is um and and my staff i work with you know People that are amazing. Like I just, I love our staff meetings. I love when we're all, you know, we're talking to each other. So more, you know, you equals you and the intensity of you equals you. And there's so much work to do, Daniel. There is so much work to do. I mean, it, it seems like we're in the field. So it seems like it's everywhere. But if you step out of being in the field, there's people still don't know. They just don't know. So there's a lot of work around the world. Um, and so doing that, that passion versus and and being in relationships being present in relationships putting my phone aside you know um you know taking weekends the full weekend you know these kinds of things are really important where do they sell those can you tell me where to buy a full weekend because i (laughs) there we go okay okay okay, of course we're here on saturday morning uh Oh, that's right. No, no. I'm not, yeah. It wasn't like a veiled, like a, a smuggling in a, a criticism of this. No, I, I, yeah, I totally forget it's Saturday, but, um, yeah, I think it's important and you need, I think it's important for you to do it too. You know, self care, you can't care for others if you're not caring for yourself. Yeah. Those who bring sunshine to others need to bring sunshine to themselves. So, um, that's a, that's a goal. Yeah. For those of you, I, I did take off the first yesterday. I did not work. I spent the whole day just watching TV. And enjoying oh, myself. I watched the Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman 84. I loved it. I loved, loved it. it. Oh, okay. I, I was lukewarm about it. Yeah. We'll talk about it after the show. But okay. Yeah, there's so <laughs> much. And okay, I'm not going to get into it for those of you watching. Right. There's so much Post-show. energy, 
energy, spirituality, symbolisms that I caught on to right away. I was like, oh, that's what they're talking about. So yeah, I was having a go. I was okay. having a full on gay moment yesterday with one woman. I was like, oh my god, so cool. <laughs> um, but we won't get into that. Um, before we 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 get to the forty five minute mark, um, Davina wants to know uh, how do you feel about you equals you moving forward in twenty twenty one. Oh, um, I am incredibly hopeful. Really, I mean, especially for the U.S. because <laughs> I get tears in my eyes. But we have, you know, we have a really special team. We have a really everyone is just such a stellar human being. First of all, like kind and you know caring, and um, and then the talents, the skills, the values, the 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 character. That I mean, it's it's a really good team for the U S and so we've been struggling in the U S and, you know, Murray is uh, Murray Penner. I don't know if you know him, he used to be executive director of NASDAQ is leading the group. Um, and, you know, is, is like, a, you know, as a hero from the very beginning, like he signed NASDAQ on, he didn't even go to his board. He just signs, you know, the nonprofit, no other national nonprofit was on, on board with you equals you. This is September, 2016. So now he's running it. And, um, and there's Cameron Kinker who joined two years into the campaign when it was just me. So it was a really hard time. I mean, it was like boot camp. Like two weeks after he joined, he was at AIDS 2018 in Amsterdam where U equals U was like everywhere. And it was, it's, it was tough. And he, he like soared and, and through this whole thing. And so he's like, he knows everything U equals U. And it just, just, and then there's D who I had always been, um, it is going to be an amazing year, D. And, uh, I'd always seen D and also DeAndre, um, uh, DeAndre Moore, like before, you know, before they came on board and I was always admired them. And I was like, God, if I could, if I could work with them, these are incredible people. They're entrepreneurs. They, they make it happen. This is a field of a lot of talk and a lot of rhetoric and jargon. They just get it done. They like, the next, they talk about it and then the next thing is they do it. And that's the way Cam is and Murray. It's just like a, it, I, I'm so excited. I'm saying with Dimitri Daskalakis, who is uh, running the division of AIDS at the CDC, Dimitri was the first public health official in the world to declare U equals U. This was um, August of 2016. So before anyone, he put it in writing and he put New York City behind the campaign. So when he did that, the campaign really ignited. He's running the division of AIDS at the CDC. So and there's um, another person, I don't know if you Harold Phil, know Harold Phillips, who's the CEO of End the Epidemic. We have really solid, like, staff, like the core U.S. staff, and then the connections in the federal government. And then also really good nonprofits that are, you know, a hand, I would say maybe about 10. Um, there needs to be more in the U.S., but about 10 really solid um, nonprofits and some awesome public health department. So we're, we're in good shape. I'm, I feel really good internationally is a new area for me. So I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I, it's a huge learning curve for me. We have a lot of, of partners in many parts of the world who are, are, are asking for assistance are asking for um, trainings and materials and they want researchers and sometimes myself to come there and to push their health ministries. If we've done that before in other, in many countries, push health ministries, push AIDS organizations. Cause, and I've got to figure out with our, yeah. So I've got to, it's a learning curve. We're building an international advisory board. Um, and, and you're going to have, so, so that, um, we can really figure out where to allocate 
uh, resources in the most effective way to help get the message out because people are really suffering, you know, I mean, they are really suffering. The stories that I hear of, of the first, the suffering and then the changes that have made them been made in people's lives. Um, you know, in, in, um, uh, it's just, yeah, it's, it's incredible. People are having babies. They never thought they could have a baby. You know, they're, people are having relationships or having sex that they never thought they could have. You know, this is influencing criminalization work. You know, um, this is, you know, but then on the other hand, people are dying from stigma. You know, they're suffering and this has to be seen as an emergency. You know, this, like, we don't have all hands on deck yet. And, and so I'm hoping, you know, I think we do now in the U.S. and that this group will get the big agencies. You could look at their websites. They still don't, some of them don't have anything about U equals U um, or they only will mention it, you know, tweet about it once every two months or something. But they'll tweet about prep, you know, three or four times a day. Um, I think this group will move those organizations to do their jobs in a sense and get this message out urgently to people with HIV and the public. And um, and then. Yeah, globally, it's, it's, it's a, it's big. <laughs> it's big. It's a lot of countries. And, um, and, um, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. I'm hopeful. I'm also a little like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous about stuff because I, even just the language of the global field is new to me. Um, but getting the best advisors, getting the best people there to, you know, um, help us develop the strategy is going to, is going to be really, really, um, uh, key to success globally, you know. I, I wouldn't, I'm more passionate about hearing where you're going because you're nervous. If you, if you came on, you're like, ah, we got this. I'll be like, dude, let's, let's wake up a little bit because things, um, and I, I humbly, I humbly offer my voice and my space and whatever I can do in the Latino, uh, side. Um, Thank you. we'll talk afterwards. Anything that I can do to, to help spread the word. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank it you. It is part of my curriculum when I do presentations for colleges, universities, high schools, uh, anything when, we, when I do presentations or, or trainings, U equals U has become part of the curriculum when we talk about it to an extent. So awesome. Thank you. Especially because in my relationship, my partner's a negative and I'm positive. So we, it, it, it's part of our conversation. So I, I put it out there. So anything that I can do to help move it forward. Thank you so much. Put my name on your list. Put my name on your list. Well, this is helping now. Just every opportunity to talk about it is important. You know, every single t- chance. It's you know, and even if you, if someone gets, if someone told me recently, I'm just so sick of saying you equals you, but I know I have to keep saying it. And I was like, yeah, you do. I mean, you might maybe take a day off and don't say you equals you, but think about all those people who don't know yet. You know, think about when you didn't know, when you were afraid to have sex with someone, or you're having sex with someone, or you're you, you know, or you just want to be intimate with someone and you feel fear. Fear is in that moment of intimacy. So we have to, yeah, we have to keep you, this is a great opportunity to keep talking. Um, I, I, I take as many, as many, <laughs> as many moments to talk as about it as I can. I love, I love talking about it. So. Do you have anybody on your staff that speaks Spanish? I don't think so. No, we usually well, then, translate it. Yeah. If you want then to you're going to have to train me so that I can do a presentation yes. full on. on okay. Here. So okay. I, I'm going to, uh, this is my commitment in 2021 to you equals you that if there's nobody there 
in your department who speaks Spanish who can put this much out, you need to train me to do that. There are ambassadors who speak Spanish. We have ambassadors. I think we have 20 now. Um, they're not spaced. It's paid. They do. I mean, they are paid. They do get a, a, a stipend. Um, but they're not staff, but they do. Um, and they're trained to do presentations, but I'll still train you anyway. You'd be great to do presentations. Yeah, and I'm then, fine. and then we'll have one of them on the show and we can do a, we great. can bring, we, we'll talk afterwards about putting that together. Yeah. Yeah. That'd yeah be I would, I would love, I, it would be such an honor and, and such a, an, a, a, an asset to my advocacy work to learn and, and to be able to put it out there and, and, and not be just given the basics, but really, you know, I'm a perfectionist I'm, and I'm a brown noser. You know, I mean, you, you must know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always want to know more. Um, hello, Kelly leader for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Uh, so hey, Kelly. We're, we're past the 45 minute mark. And this is usually where I ask my guests to offer some words of wisdom to our audience. So uh, Bruce Richmond, what words of wisdom can you share with us? Well, okay, words of wisdom. Um, wear a mask. And um, no, I, I, the wor- words of wisdom would be, I think what I've really learned and is really important, when, you're, when you stick your neck out, when you're, when you're going into a system, that's, when you're challenging the way things are, when you're challenging, like we did, the way the public health information was distributed, and we were challenging the risk assessment. We were saying that risk assessment is wrong. When you do anything like that, most people are going to resist it because that's the way human nature is. We resist change. Our body resists change. It always tries to make things balanced. And so don't, for me, it's don't go crazy about it. You know, don't, don't try to try to see it as something that's natural and, and, and not to like kind of point back at yourself that it's a failing of, of what you're doing and your ability to communicate things to them. It's just, it's just natural. And a lot of people who have made change, even throughout history, have been ostracized. You know, people are very uncomfortable about change, even when it benefits them and the people that they serve. And so, as you were saying, Daniel, earlier, it, it takes time. You know, it takes time. It's going to, you know, um, so I think that's that's really, if you're going to start um, an initiative, um, just keep going, you know, and find your allies. You know, I found some really wonderful allies that, that helped me stay on track during this last incredible journey with you equals you. And, and yeah, keep, keep going. And, and there's always going to be territorialism in every field. And that's natural. People compete over new resources, any kind of new entity. Um, you know, just find your allies for support and, and you could depend on them and just keep, keep looking forward. Thank you. Yeah. And that- I think the last part you said, it, it, it's true. It's like, we're, we're all like, we do get tired sometimes. And we do, it is sometimes you're just like, can I just not be Daniel G. Garza? Can I just be Danny for a little while and just not? But I think one, I know there was a moment and I don't know if this makes sense to you, but there was a moment in my life where I put the hat on and I was like, okay, that's like, this is going like I don't think there's a day that I don't want to talk about HIV, but it's, it's, it's part of me, not just personally, but professionally. And I say this all the time. Like I, I took HIV and I made a career out of it. I'm like, if you're, if I'm, if you're going to live in my body, you're paying rent. Like we're going to make money off of you somehow. And, <laughs> and I've made a career out of my, my status. Like it's, it, it, and it helps. But some, there are days when I'm like, the only thing I want to do is just take my pills at the end of the day and just go to bed. But, uh, 
How how does Bruce Richmond unwind? What is your best unwinding? <sighs> yeah, the self care would be the other other um, other um, advice that I would give is that yes, yeah, self care isn't selfish. It's important, and um, I you know self care for me lately is you know spending certainly spending time with my family often masked and often in a parking lot <laughs> where we talk to each other <laughs> we talk to each other through the windows but um unless we've been isolated for a while and then we'll get together um and then also you know i know this, this sounds cliche but like walking on the beach there's a beach near me where i can go and um look at the water and and just a lot of kind of you know breathing and I listen to a lot every day. I listen to um, talks um, like leadership books and meditation talks and all kinds of stuff on consciousness raising and everything every, every day. That to me is, is self-care too. That's really, really important. Um, it's sort of feeding my, my feeding my, my soul and feeding my, um, my brain positive stuff, you know? And also the other thing I finally say is getting away from social media Oh my gosh, I feel so much better. I'm hardly on Facebook at all. Although I don't, I don't mean to judge anyone who likes Facebook, but that used to drive me crazy because the number of notifications and the number of invites to like a hair salon in Los Angeles or a realty, a real estate agency <laughs> in Miami, I'm like, I'm not going to LA. I don't buy a house. I'm not buying a house. I may never buy a house. And you know, you're just like, it's so much noise. You know, I would like to be on there without all the noise. And then you, if you don't respond to somebody's message, because I can't, res- I don't even see them and I'm not on there that much, or they, you not, they're not on your timeline and you get a message, what was wrong? And you, you hurt people because you're not, it's crazy. It's just, it's like a whole, it's like three hours a day if you want to do it right, you know? And so I'm not, and also the news as well as I, I'll, I'll take like three day breaks from the, the, the news and not look at it at all. Um, I stay on Twitter though. I'm on Twitter because it's just streamlined. It's just easier. There's not all the noise uh, for Twitter. I just, all I do in Twitter is look for hashtag U equals U and then, then they come up and then it's just easier. I can, I can, yeah. 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 I, it's people tell me like, you should, if you want to relax, get off social media. Like my job, my company is social media. Yeah. Like, you got to do it. Yeah. I have to like, like one day off, yes, like yesterday I took the day off, but one day off and then you come back and there's like all these messages. And not like I'm all, I'm not that important, I'm all that, but people want to connect and, and, and to keep shows like this going on, doing four shows a week, sometimes five, you've got to stay motivated. But, but I, I feel all of it. I love the energy. I, I, and plus I get to meet people like you and, and chat and, um, th- we're coming up on 300 episodes soon and then. Wow, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's a lot of people that I talked to over eight years, and it's amazing. I love what I do. Um, I, I I can't let you go without um, making sure that a message to somebody out there, because unfortunately we're still getting new diagnoses uh, diagnoses from uh, from folks, especially the younger generation. Still, um, message for somebody who's newly diagnosed and and kind of in that dark space. Okay. Well, I would just say that you're you're not alone in your diagnosis you may be alone in your community you may be alone in your family maybe rejected by family and and community and that is horrible and painful and 
there is support out there. There are people who want to help you and want to be there for you. There are people who have HIV from every single background imaginable um, that, that you could relate to. And so don't give up hope. Um, you can live a long and healthy life. The medications that, that I take every day have had, had no side effects on me. Um, I've had HIV for, for 18 years. And, you know, if you choose to go on medication and you get to an undetectable level, which, which most people will get to, you don't need to fear passing on HIV at all to anyone. Um, you don't have to fear getting HIV or you don't have to fear giving HIV. So it, it, it's really changed. There, there is support out there. I know what it was like to be alone when I had HIV when I was diagnosed and feel really alone. Um, but th- there are people who are, are here for you and you can live a long and healthy life and not have to worry about passing HIV on to, to anyone, no matter what you do, love, sex, babies, no fear, no problem. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, don't go away. Uh, for everybody watching, you have been, uh, joining us on Put It Together Conversations. I'm your host, Daniel DeGarza. My guest today has been, uh, founder of You It Was You, Mr. Bruce Richmond. Uh, if you missed any of our episodes, you can catch them here on Facebook or go over to YouTube, look for Daniel Garza, and you can find all of the episodes from the show, uh, plus other videos. You can see some of the uh, other stuff that I've been working on. Please follow me on all of social media. Speaking of social media, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, uh, where else am I? Rizzle, TikTok, uh, and now t- Twitch. Twitch is the, the new one we're adding to our uh, lineup. So make sure we uh, you can follow uh, all of the episodes and other information. Remember, Little Mexican Productions has four shows during the week. You can catch us on Wednesday nights at 7.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with the Christian and Daniel Show. On Fridays at 6 p.m. is the Card Devo. And on Saturdays, we have two shows. Noon and five o'clock for putting together conversations with the different guests on every episode. And every once in a while, we'll throw in a special two o'clock episode just because. Uh, so if you're watching this right now, make sure you go check out, which will probably be in the description or there'll be a little tab here somewhere to go check out, uh, my horoscope, pr- uh, predictions for 2021. So if you follow the card Devo, you can go check out all the horoscopes and all of my, uh, intuitive predictions for the year. So go check this out. And remember, we're still open for business. So if you are interested in a reading or a session, uh, get in touch with us right here. And if you want to share your Put It Together story or you know somebody who has an interested Put It Together story, make sure you get in touch with us. Uh, the best way is to message me in any of the platforms or at uh, Daniel G. Garza at LittleMexicanProductions.com. Daniel G. Garza at LittleMexicanProductions.com. And wherever you're watching, it'll be in the description. So go uh, just email me there. We'll get in touch with you. Um, Bruce, any last words before we go? Um, well, first, thank you for having me. You're a great host. You're really natural. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and please, everyone, share you equals you. There's still millions of people who don't know, probably hundreds of thousands of people with HIV in the United States who think that they're infectious and, and they're not. So please share the message. You can learn more about it at www.u equals spelled out u.org or prevention access dot org thank you for sharing the message and thank happy you. new year happy new year yes uh, again bruce is the first guest of 2021 um on a special just for everybody uh 
We didn't get through all this. We got through 2020. We made it. If you're here and you're watching, we got it through. Maybe it was rough. Maybe it wasn't the most pleasant. Maybe some people didn't make it to the new year, but you're here. You're here and you're watching. So let's just uh, put our energies together and let's get through this one. There are some really good things coming up for all of us as long as we keep a positive mind. If you're going through that tunnel, remember, every tunnel has an entrance and an exit. So just keep going and you'll see the light at the end of that tunnel. So we'll be there waiting for you. Uh, Bruce, don't go away. Let me just say goodbye to everybody. Perfect. Thank you everybody for watching. This has been Put It Together Conversations. Uh, I am your host, Daniel G. Garza. And uh, hey, put it together. Subscribe to Put It Together on iTunes, Stitcher, and at abnormalentertainment.com slash put it together. Find Put It Together on Facebook and tweet Daniel at Lil Mesican, L-I-L-M-E-S-I-C-A-N. And for more podcasts, comics, books, movies, and more, head to abnormalentertainment.com. You've been listening to the Abnormal Entertainment Network.